And we are live once again. Everybody knows every Tuesday at 8, it's time for another exciting edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy MCW announcer Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. Yes, welcome everyone once again. And um, just at the top of the cast, want to take a, a moment. I don't think we mentioned this in previous episodes, but lost a great one. Someone that we know we were very familiar with right here in the MCW community. Beautiful Bobby Eaton passing away. Um, earlier this month and yeah i just want to you know as is tradition we do the 10 bell salute uh we can't do that here on the cast but we definitely can acknowledge and you know since the uh infancy infancy of the cast we've taken a lot of time out just to acknowledge some of the stars that are close to mcw and maybe not from far away that passed away so not to really start off on a somber note but wanted to just give a huge shout out and our condolences to the family and friends and the entire wrestling community for the passing of both Beautiful Bobby and Jody Hamilton, the yeah, mass Jody assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Who was a behind the scenes guy in WCW for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and Bobby Eaton, a guy, an interesting thing you got to almost point out um, is the wrestling business is full of shady characters. We all know. Um, and, you know, some good, some bad. But beautiful Bobby Eaton is one of the rare guys. That you literally, you could look for days. You could look on social media. You will never find one bad word from anybody in the business about that guy. It was a couple people pointed that out, like how just every, he was a guy that was universally loved. Like you've never heard anybody say a cross word about him, a bad word about him. He was just a guy that everybody that came in contact with him through his forty-year career just absolutely loved him as a human being. And I you can know, attest to that, Dan, one of the first assignments you gave me before I was an announcer, while Steve Vinarella was still around, Tara, I think it was the night that you fought Sensational Sherry uh, yeah. at uh, Michael's 8th mm-hmm. Avenue. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, promoters often have a lot of hands that are that can just go get this guy from the mm-hmm. airport, go take this guy to the hotel. You, my assignment, I was beautiful Bobby Eaton's handler that night sort of just that, to, yeah that he came mm-hmm. in for Ricky the match with Ricky Morton that's right yeah right. um and it was a it was a wild night um and I just remember the entirety of the time that I was with him I really couldn't make out much of what he was saying he kind of had like a, a <laughs> boom power Alabama accent yeah. you know he'd be like hey man yeah. you know like yeah, I'm like, yeah. Whoa, what did you just he say? like mumbled a lot under his breath yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked real quiet. That, like southern draw uh-huh of. but which but, is probably why you didn't ever see him do a lot of promos Good call, you know, yeah, yeah, probably. Jim but his, he did his talking in the ring. It's just oh my gosh, talent. Mm-hmm. Some of the best strikes, uh, and I mean, just yeah. you know, punches. I went and took a look at this tape that I'd gotten from the old Bone Breakers called uh, "Best of Memphis." Just, just a, a twelve-hour <laughs> tape of nothing but old stuff. And there's, um, I was just looking at his strikes. They did like one of those music mm-hmm. videos Jerry Lawler used to do with, you know, pop music of the time, like, you know, um. You know, like to a montage of just yeah. Bobby Eaton doing his things. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at those strikes and I was like, wow, you don't see anyone strike like that anymore these days. That southern kind of Memphis law yeah. strike that just looked like he was really powing, powing the guy in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really want to get a feel on what he kind of meant to some people, I recommend the um, Jim Cornette podcast. Um, it's um, something to wrestle about. No, no. Jim, the Jim Cornette drive through. Yeah, yeah, Jim Cornette's podcast, you can pull it up and go to that episode. Brutal. I'm sure. Really hard to listen to. Really hard to listen to. Jim, he lost it a lot. It was just really, it was, but it was good. It was good. It was 
powerful, but I got choked up listening to it. It was hard not to. You could tell how hurt Jim Cornette was. Yeah. You know. And uh, Jody Hamilton, I'll tell you this much. I didn't know that much about Jody Hamilton a little bit before my time, but I did know he was Nick Patrick, referee or CZ, WCW longtime referee, (laughs) Nick Patrick. That was his father. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Jody Hamilton was. I uh, did not know that. Nick Nick Patrick was the son of the masked assassin, Jody Hamilton. Yeah. So one fun fact. And I I remember even in his waning years, uh, he would come out and and get it, get himself involved around the Harley race time when Harley was uh, Vader's manager. And I think he and Harley, (laughs) like on some Clash of the Champions, used to tangle even in their like 60s. It's funny. They can't let go. That's the, that's the, that's the the draw of the business. Like it's, it's hard to just let go. A lot of those guys. Well, with the masked assassin, he had that foreign object, you know, jammed up there in his mask. (laughs) So he could still give a headbutt, you know, into the early nineties, mid nineties. And it was effective. So, yeah. Uh, but didn't want to start off with too somber of a note. But like I said, we can't really do the ten bells. But we can always bring up uh, the, the fallen fondly, and that's what we did here. And for all of our uh, listeners and coffee cup subscribers, uh, just once again, we want to thank you. As we kind of always start off the podcast, just thanking you for continuing to contribute and support us. And um, if you don't know, uh, like and subscribe. I can rattle off all the. Are you going to do it? Are can you going to take I, my job? Well, I've never done all it. All right. And go, ahead. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see you do it. Well, you can hear us on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, CastBox, YouTube, and Facebook Live for the streaming. And Twitch. And Twitch. And Twitch. <laughs> Can't forget about Twitcher. And if you're watching on any of the pod or listening on any of the podcast, podcast platforms, make sure to subscribe. Because it helps us out on all those platforms. Yes, indeed. And if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, make sure you share the feed. Mm-hmm. Speaking you. of uh, YouTube, what was the Flashback, flashback Friday? Friday was a, Friday a real was a, doozy. This is a great one. So this takes you back to Shamrock Cup 2010, and we have Ruckus versus Rich Swan. Wow. Talk about two, two Baltimore. Two Baltimore guys. Yeah, yeah. two Baltimore staples. Mm-hmm. Um and, and a little it, bit of deja vu, too, actually. That's right, because uh, our guest, uh, the last guest we had, James mm-hmm. Ellsworth, actually, when we talked about his promotion that runs in the Pasadena, Bel Air area, mm-hmm. they're running that that match back. Right. So Ruckus and Richwam, we had them in 2010. They're still going strong in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right in the so Baltimore area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But watch it. The first time that it happened, or one of the first times, I think, that it happened right here in MCW, mm-hmm. it's a great match, kind of like, you know, student student mentor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with Richie starting out in the York, Baltimore area and Ruckus being established and bringing them on. And here's the one of the chances that they had to showcase what they'd learned and taught each other and he- heck of a match. So I actually did not get to see that. That was one of the rare shows that I missed. You it's, missed something? I did because I had a baby. <laughs> like That's right. Two months before. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, you it, I, you I only take time off to have kids. No, I actually, the other kid, I didn't take time <laughs> off. Um, but, yeah, I had just had him. So um, that was, I did miss that that one. And oh, if, you're, if you're watching for the Flashback Friday matches on YouTube, make sure you subscribe because mm. you also get all the notifications for the other content we're putting out, like MCW Breakthrough. That's right. Which we decided to continue on and do a monthly episode. So we got episode four coming up real soon um, for the month of August. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube and you'll get notifications on all that content as it's released. That's right. Yep. And you know something? Subscribing is really the name of the game in this day and age that we live in. You know, s- several times I'll see that little uh, 
you know, notification banner. I, I have a Mac fly out of the right side of the screen and let me know. MCW just published something. It's going on live. Click right now. In addition to MCW, another streaming platform that we've talked about a lot right here on the cast, IWTV, which I happen to be a subscriber of. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's a show that's being broadcast pro wrestling or pro wrestling theme, you get a little banner that flies right out of the side to let you know, hey, this is going on right now live. If you want to go ahead and switch on over. Only way you can get those is by subscribing. So you don't want to miss out on anything that we've got coming down the pike because you never know what you're going to see, including our guest for tonight's episode of the MCW cast. That's right. Why don't you introduce our guest before we go to break, Larry? Well, I'll tell you, I mentioned IWTV and it was a great segue because mm -hmm. tonight our guest stepping into the MCW studio, the Pan-African Diaspora World Champion is recognized by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, now a dedicated world champion, Trish Adora, right here with us in the MCW studio. And we are back live in the studio, and as promised, current reigning Pan-African Diaspora World Champion, Trish Adora, thank you for joining us here on the MCW cast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Larry, you have wanted to have Trish on the podcast for months, and I'm so glad that you finally got to have your chance to interview her because you've been a fan, right? I we am, all have, really. Yes, and I have just been a, a fan, and we brought it up on the podcast a few times mm -hmm. now, of um, kind of like uh, the, the path that you're forging um, as an independent wrestler on today's scene. Um, even the Pan-African... Um, diaspora world championship and I can call it a world championship mm -hmm. now was just recently dedicated by Pro Wrestling Illustrated um, so yeah I am. I think that you're definitely the type of person for our audience that we want to speak to and what better representation you, you train a lot of the time right here at the MCW Academy mm -hmm. so how did you uh, how did you find out about us as a place to kind of you know work on, on things in between defending the championship yeah, so um, I was originally training at the Ring of Honor Dojo, mm. and once the pandemic kind of kicked off, everything slowed down, so I was just kind of looking to settle up a little bit, so this space became available, so. You yep. were originally, where did you originally train at? At Team 3D in Florida. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we know a lot about the Dudley boys. They've come yeah. through, uh, <laughs> you know, come through many times. I mean, times. great, yeah. Bubba, yeah. Bubba yeah. And we've awesome. had other people from here go down and train there. Mm -hmm. Jesse K or yeah. Jessica Carr, you know, yes. as everybody knows her now, but we've certainly had other people go through there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am, am just pleased as punch to have you. So I want to, I have got a lot of questions that I'd love to kind of dictate the pace of where we go tonight. First things first, and, and we brought this up before, obviously everyone knows I go by the name Larry Legend, but your name uh, was probably the first thing that kind of I noticed uh, that Trish Adora. Uh, just had a has a ring to it, cuts glass. Uh, you remember it. So how how did how did that come to be? Um, you know your your worker name, Trisha Dora. How'd you come up with that? Yeah, it's my name. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's all. Is that your real name? Yeah, um, it's, I'm it's a great Dora. So my nickname is Trish. So Trisha oh wow. Dora. That is so awesome. It is, it's a you great were, name. You yeah. were expecting like some big story, right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Have, I I didn't suspect that it was a real name. It's a, it's oh. like a great showmanship. It is. It's name. like a made for like yeah. TV made for name, wrestling. Really, made for made, TV name. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know something? That's you great. can't you can't go wrong when you use your name. No, I, yeah. you, you know, take it, they can't take it away from you. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Someone else much... can't trademark you. You know, yeah, you were born that way. 
Well, I mean, they could, but you know, yeah, you I don't can think they have any luck. First. Yes. Didn't they That's just try that on Chelsea Green? Oh yeah, did they? They yeah. did, yeah. WWE they dropped it on it though. different people. I'm before. sure, the, yeah. She was talking about it on Twitter. They tried with it. They dropped it like really quickly. I don't think. I don't think you can. I don't think you <laughs> yeah, can. You can't the, There's no case for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Because she was talking about it on Twitter, and then like a couple of days later, she announced that WWE basically gave it up and said, you know, I, I don't. I don't think they can. How can they? <laughs> You can, what are you supposed to do? Like you can't like, acknowledge you they trade they own your real name. You can't. So you'd have to go pick a new name. Yeah, yeah, to be acknowledged on television right. or something like that. I can't. What's your name? I can't tell you because <laughs> I can't say it. You know, like it's that is, weird. It was formerly known as. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like that Triple H theme song. It's all about the game and how you play it. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to the lyrics, if you ever listen to every lyric of that song, it kind of is the blueprint for. You know, being processed into WWE, you're going to change your name. You're going to die in flames. Maybe not the die in flames. (laughs) That took a sharp turn very quickly. You went from lose your name to die in a fiery blaze. Wow. Well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 but it doesn't, it doesn't work in reverse though, right? Because like some people, like I don't think I don't. Well, I guess Ryback hasn't been anywhere, but like some people have actually changed their name. Well, Ultimate Warrior tried. Yeah. Yeah, like he tried to take. And he tried to make his first name ultimate last well, name he warrior. Changed it the warrior, right? Oh, the warrior. warrior. But, yeah. but WWE blocked him yeah. making changing his legally right. changing his name to Ultimate Warrior. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they were able to block it in courts. So, like, I guess if they give you a character name and they own the copyright to it, they can block. And that makes from, sense. Like, I feel yeah. like that's valid. Like, if they put money and time and merchandise into a character that they developed while you were there that you didn't use prior to coming there i feel like that's a valid case for okay fine you kind of do own that name but like if it was the name you were using on the indies and then you show up there you know i don't really think they can (laughs) i mean especially if it's your birth name yeah it goes all the way back to to different instances in the entertainment industry even i remember um tina turner um, as part of the Ike and Tina review, mm-hmm. uh, when she got that divorce from Ike and it was very messy, the one thing she fought the hardest for was that name, mm-hmm. Tina Turner, because I, you know, fought very hard to be recognized. Uh, did as Ike Tina. try right. to keep it? Oh, absolutely. Did yeah. Really? Yeah. During the yeah. divorce. And then, you know, he was Anna Bullock. You're Anna Bullock, you know, which is her given right. name. But, you know, she had spent so much time as as Tina Turner. But, um, yeah, that Triple H song, it's all about the game. Sometimes, you know, it's, listen to it. I, I highly recommend <laughs> that you get yourself in the right frame of mind and listen to every lyric of that that song. It, it's kind of telling. All right. I'm going to message you at 1 a.m. when I'm in the right frame of and, mind. And, and you know I'll be up. I know. <laughs> right, we're going to have to talk about this later tonight. It'll yeah. Around yeah. 1. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, can I continue? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah Trish, Trish Adora. How, how about this? Can you take us back to this journey has now taken you to the heights of being a, a recognized world champion um but when did you when did that tournament happen i remember there were several pieces of media that i kept coming across talking about this grand tournament uh to crown the first ever pan pan african diaspora world champion um when did when when did that when did that happen was that like 2017 Uh, it was february 2020 of yeah so february 2020 was the uh the night that I won the championship, but the but the tournament started a lot before uh-huh. then, like in yes, the years before, so, right? It was a well, just a few months prior. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. but I, I guess a few months seems so far away after that year. So, so we had, but you know, a few right? months prior would have been like 2019. So I, my my memory's foggy. I remember that it started October. and then in the October of 2019. Okay. Yes. Okay, and then into February of 2020. Yes. 
and you and that's when you won. And um, I remember seeing that that footage, that GIF, that uh, media going all around. And I mean, I thought it was kind of a uh, telling that a you know a woman won this, the first ever Pan African Diaspora World Championship. Uh, what kind of an honor was that, or did you, you know? Well, so that was really cool. Uh, and you fought to... a man in the in the finals, <laughs> correct? Yeah. yeah, you know, I was the only woman in the tournament. That's, yeah. So, yeah, I was quite surrounded. But um, I, it was really nice being able to work at home, you know, in front of my mom. My mom was there, so that was a really nice full circle moment. It's like, hey, and where is, is what home? I've been... Just to interject, oh, where sorry, is home? Washington, okay. D.C. Okay. <laughs> For our listeners who weren't... We don't follow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, it was nice being able to like work in front of that crowd and just to work around my peers in front of my friends and stuff like that. It was very, it was such a kismet moment. It was very, very nice. Quite honored. Right on. And and real quick there, before you interject, I want to get back to names. I remember, I think when I saw the end of that, you know, the, the conclusion, uh, your finishing maneuver uh, definitely stuck out and rang bells in my ears. And correct me if I'm wrong, Lariat Tubman? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Trisha Dora throw it, okay, that Lariat Tubman is something to be seen. I mean, deep down from under Lariat, okay? <laughs> but titled Lariat Tubman, which, you know, who would, I'd never heard of anything like that or thought to, like, mm -hmm. kind of come up with that. So, you know, I, I kind of been rambling about all this stuff so far. How, how'd that come about? Did you, did you create that finishing maneuver or? Yeah, so um, I created the finish maneuver. Me and Faye Jackson ah. were talking, and she's really quippy, and I was I'm very big on play on words. So mm -hmm. I like having um, things either relate to something that other people would know, yeah. or maybe that'll endear them a little bit. So we were just sitting, working together, and I was thinking, like, freaking Lariat, Lariat, Lariat Tubman. And she's like, Lariat Tubman. And I'm like, Lariat Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. Yeah. Really, considering that's the championship that you won, sort of an Afrocentric championship, mm -hmm. a championship for the people, by the people, to be defended by the people all over the world. I just thought, you know, the story of Harriet Tubman leading so many to freedom and just blazing a path, you know, and now, you know, the first ever Pan-African diaspora champion uses the Lariat Tubman as her finisher. So I just thought it was. And in wrestling, creative things like that go so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah go so yeah. far and something people, they, people remember. remember yeah people remember. that's what you're it's... looking for is that hook that they yeah. they walk away and they're still talking about it the next day and the day after that you making know? yourself different yeah. and stand out it's mm -hmm. things like that there's creative things like that that make just such a huge difference yes indeed mm -hmm. well i've kind of monopolized most of this combo already because i was really <laughs> excited to have you in here but with you know with our guests tara yeah. if you want to take it to the so you're you're fairly new to this business correct so yes. you made your debut in 2016, wow. September 2016. Okay, so like five, five years. years, yeah. yeah. That's and you have done a lot in five years. Um, so what made you get into decide to get into wrestling? Yeah, so I've always been a really big fan of wrestling. I have five brothers. I was the only girl, so it was really like rough and tough. And they were way into wrestling. So you know, you just kind of sit and watch too, and. Half of it didn't really make sense, but, you know, you just kind of get excited over time. And then one day I saw Jacqueline and I was like, what? Yeah, I read that somewhere. <laughs> that's that what we want to hear. Yeah, that's yeah, what we want to hear. See you, you know, and to just to see her be so rough and tough and just and to still be to be feminine and to be spoken of so highly and mm -hmm. very respectful. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would just always notice how whenever, you know, she was in the ring, the commentary it's it just the lens that they viewed her under would change, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I thought that was really dope that she was able to do both. I 
And that was cool to see, too, as like, you know, just a, a young girl growing up and, you know, just not really seeing that outside of my household, outside of right. looking at my own mom, you know. So when you see that outside on the TV, it's like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> now, so. did your brothers have aspirations to get into business? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm throwing them around. I was too busy throwing them around. What do, what, do they all, what do they think about you doing it now, Leila? They think it's so cool. They think it's so cool. I, You know, I was kind of somewhat of the run of the litter growing up. So now it's kind of like, yeah, I'm the wrestler and I'm rough and tough. And so it's, it's kind of cool, though. The family reunions and the get-togethers are really cool. I'm sure they're bragging about you to all yeah. the friends. Yeah, world-traveled, world-traveled, world-recognized, world-champion yeah. of the family. So, yeah. yeah. That's, we've had several guests on here that talk about that family connection mm -hmm. when they were younger. Like it was for me, too. Um, you know, we, I watched wrestling with my family. I attended events with them and everything from the time I was like in utero. So like it was a bonding experience. You know, nobody was shocked when I went into the business either. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, that took you a while. But yeah. <laughs> none of us thought that you weren't going to do that. So that's that's neat to hear that you had the support of your family. I love that you brought up Jackie Moore. Jackie Moore, uh, to me, was like one of the fiercest fighting women in mm -hmm. WWF yes. during the time that she was on TV. And I just remember that even as things started to kind of transition to that, you know, BB, Miss Kitty, uh, you know, kind yeah, of that, that era, there was still like your Molly, there was still your Ivory, right. there was still your Jackie. And, yeah, I um, think those three together when right. I think back on yeah. that period. Exactly. Absolutely. And the matches. And sometimes it would be a scramble where they only got to do like one spot each, you know, and then powder out. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 Jackie Moore was um one of the fiercest fighters and also one of the women that was known for fighting men um, yeah. early on yeah, in her early career on. down in USWA. Mm -hmm. I was going to say we talked about you talk about beautiful Bobby like at the beginning of this show. Um, like Jackie's another one because I've been around. 30 years now, like, you know, so 91. So, wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, so going back then to when I, like, uh, like she's what, another one like beautiful Bobby that mm -hmm. is just, you never heard a bad word, just the, the amount of respect that she had yeah. just over the years. And when I was young in the business, you always heard about Jackie, just spoken with, um, with such respect. And so, um, so well respected mm -hmm. for many Everyone in the business. Yeah, Hall of Famer yeah. now. And yeah. what, wasn't she one of the original trainers on Tough Enough when, was it the second, was it first season? or? Yeah. Well, she was one of the original trainers, I yeah. just remember. And um, just as fierce as she was, you know, on, mm -hmm. you know, her appearances in WWF on TV and pay-per-views, I remember she was one of the harder trainers she, with Al Snow. And she Pat. was wrestling men in, in Memphis, yes. right? Back in Memphis. Yeah, in, the, in USWA and all in those territories, right? Yeah. And, and one of the first times that I can remember an intergender match on... TV. It was before mm. Jeff Jarrett fought China at the pay-per-view, that the infamous pay-per-view where he held mm -hmm. Vince up for yeah. $250,000 or whatever the amount was. But they had him do a warm-up match with Jackie just to show uh, China what you're going to get when you get in the... And he laid into her. It was like one of the most vicious things I'd ever seen. But they know each other. They, they're real They, tight, know, they know each know other each from, other from Memphis, way back yeah. in Memphis days, so... This was just like, you remember how we did it down there? We're just going to do it on a larger yeah. scale up here. But, um, yeah, Jackie Moore. I, I love I love mm -hmm. me some Jackie, too. And and I guess uh, where I'm going with all of this is you were also known for fighting. Uh, you have had a lot of intergender bouts with, with men. Um, is that, I, I don't want to say is that a preference, but, I, like, is that 
something that just is you're kind of being known for. I mean, the we're gonna get into some of the matches you had. Um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but like, how, how does that uh, how's that feel for you to be, you know, kind of. I mean, in some instances, beaten, beaten really, really viciously by, you know, um, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there, a white man. Like, um, you know, I, I remember feeling a little, you know, uncomfortable at some of the imagery, mm -hmm. especially from the um, Iron Person match. You know, yeah. Deppin's a real hooker, um, and what I mean by that yeah. about, you know, his oh, style and, yes. you know, he was just uh, beaten, beaten up on you, and the imagery kind of was a little disturbing to me. Mm -hmm. at some point. So does that ever resonate with you when you when you accept like a Darius Carter or a Tony Deppin or Well, so I'm I'm pretty big on optics and I try to keep that in mind. And yeah. um so I try not to hmm, I wanna word this, you know, as <laughs> diplomatically as possible. Yeah, yeah. I so understand. I'm just trying not to hmm, have things appear a certain way that would turn off a larger audience so to mm -hmm. speak um there are some intergender wrestling detractors and in my opinion i believe the tough work is on me then mm -hmm. to make sure that my psychology is sound as possible and nobody mm -hmm. you know can look at this and say oh this is domestic violence so right. this is right. It's, like, right. it's not i signed right. up to do this right. <laughs> yeah. i didn't just show up here in this interesting outfit and this guy yeah. just beat me up that's not how this happened i promise it's not so yeah. just trying to make sure that you know my psychology i'm just always keeping that in mind i never want the optics to look too bad you know and especially you know too um it was one of the first times my mom saw me wrestle and uh, maybe you have to find the director's cut, but she got up and was ready to like involve <laughs> herself in the match. I had to cut that part out. What that, but that was, like, iron person match? Or not the iron? Oh, when you won the when you won the championship? Yes, oh, gotcha. when I won mm -hmm. the championship. Both Sorry. against men. Both these are yes. both right. male on mm -hmm. female matches with a title at stake. So. Yeah, my mom was not having it. I had to explain <laughs> to her afterwards. I'm like, hey, everything's cool. You know, I know that looked crazy, but you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just, you know, just going back, we we talked about it on the cast mm -hmm. before it happened on Valentine's Day and just talking about mm -hmm. how it all came together, mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, well, I think Deppin just tweeted out, you know, I want to wrestle a woman for an hour or I want to yeah. wrestle an Iron Man <laughs> match. And you were like, I'm game. So this and match got put together on Twitter, right? Is it that happened how it, on Twitter, yeah. right? Organically on Twitter. Organically. I thought it was one of the most amazing things right. I've seen. You're a fan of Twitter and I am not. So that was what he's explaining this to me. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I still don't want to use Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe how that all happened, too, because he, he cast out the net. And I'm just scrolling. I saw that and I was like. Let me say something. I don't know. Maybe nothing will happen. What I, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, uh, me. And then you know he liked that, and then he sent that off. And then PWI saw his tweet, and then grabbed that and sent it off and said, "We'll sponsor the match." And I was like, "Uh oh." Yeah. <laughs> I, got, oh, I, got, I got myself into now. <laughs> yeah. What did I do? What did I do? And then uh, Beyond Wrestling saw that and was like, "All right, you can house it here." And I'm like, "Oh." But, but shoot all within the span <laughs> of like an hour like, yeah. like it's happened like over the course of like one full day because um they reached out and they're like yeah we want to do this in like a week and a half and i'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i was i was like yeah I'll be, I'll be right there wow that just puts things <laughs> in perspective itself it felt like an hour but maybe that was just yeah. me like scrolling, scrolling and seeing like the but it took mm -hmm. a whole day to get one was that during yeah. the shutdown yeah it was, it was, it was right that well, i was just gonna say that was when there weren't a lot of shows happening anyway right and you were seeing these things that were on the internet only shows because most places couldn't have live mm. you know audiences so true. yeah it was 
It was definitely during that. It was magic is what <laughs> yeah. it was. It right. yeah, seemed like was... very serendipitous. Everything fell into place the way it was such supposed a, to. Such a such a thing too. And beyond was saying, like, we want to do this for a charitable cause. So you can each, you know, pick a charity that's close to you. And I picked the Harriet Tubman's women's shelter. Uh my mom used to work there. So right I was like, all right, let's let's do something for them. And so there was just so much happening and it was going to be streamed live to IWTV and it was the only match that day so me and him were just in this empty place and it's just like getting ready separately and I'm just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) nobody's around to like say anything nobody's around to like it's just there are no fans there it's just a straight taping and it was had you worked that style before with no audience whatsoever for that long of a time period like I'm just trying to the picture entire it. thing was brand new to me. I uh-huh. had not. I hadn't even met Tony Depp in person before. Oh, wow. I hadn't worked for okay. Beyond. Um, as far as my involvement with IWTV, it was in its infancy at that point. Um, there was a lot of first, and I was almost a little swallowed up by the moment. But thankfully, I was able to pull out the victory at like the last two seconds. <laughs> it was a great match. I, I I watched every second of it. I think I had to work. For the first part of Valentine's Day, but I got home just to you know, catch it mid mid match, and it was, it was awesome. I just remember there was so much smacking, you know, and so much like grunting and moans of pain from you <laughs> on Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Like, and then that that goes right back to what I'm. It, well, I mean, this no, is what I'm, I mean. What I'm, you mentioned about optics and like, yeah. me as a fan, I'm a big fan of Deppin, and I'm a big fan of yours. You know, um, I was kind of uh emotionally invested in the narrative that was going on beyond the fact that you know it had all come together but what was the outcome of this going to be because I also was going to be quite upset if Deppin won the belt um just to be you know Markish about it but if Tony Deppin from Hershey PA beat you for the Pan-African well, for Pan App wasn't on the line. Oh, TV. okay. So that okay. was just as is. I mean, that would have been even more stressed. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like, I could not get even even more stressed out. So. Well, even Thankfully. if he still just beat you, if it wasn't for no, the belt, I, I would have been like, you know, I uh, about this, you know, you know what's going on here. But, um, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to you about a couple other things. We do need to pause for internet station identification. So, fans, stay with us. We're going to be right back with our special guest this week. Trisha Dora. All right, we are back with Trisha Dora. So we were talking about the monumental match that you had. Um, and I want to go a little bit further back um, before that. Uh, you actually made a NXT debut in, what, 2018, right? Yes. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got to that and what happened? Yeah, so um, at the time I was just training at Team 3D Academy in Kissimmee, Florida. Okay. And um, Jessica Carr, she hit me up and was like, hey, I want to use your number for some extra work. And I was like, yeah, okay, if they have something, that would be great. And they could, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, I, I wasn't right. sure, you right. know. I, sure. Whatever, you know, I'm down for the ride. And so the next day she was like, all right, so we'll have you set up. We'll have you come in a few times and have everything set up so I came uh backstage for extra work maybe two or three times before I actually had a match um and overall the experience was pretty lovely you know uh everybody was relatively friendly nobody made me feel like I was in their way so mm-hmm. that felt like a victory in itself and being able to work with Kyrie Sane was very very nice she was uh, yeah. very congratulatory very nice and just willing to willing to just work with me mm-hmm. and which is which is interesting you know at that stage 
I didn't imagine it to be like that. So it was very refreshing mm -hmm. that, you know, she just kind of held my hand. It was very nice and just had a little layer of protection over me. So yeah. very nice of her. So great. That's awesome. Well, we know mm -hmm. Jessica Cricks very well, uh, homegrown from the Maryland area yeah, as well. She was Jessie Kay when she was here many, mm -hmm. a few years back and then went down there and found lots of great success. Another uh, female trailblazer becoming, yes. you know, the first full-time WWE referee that's yes. a female. So, yeah. She's amazing. We train together at Team 3D, and ever so mm -hmm. often we'll message each other online, and we'll be like, hey, girl. <laughs> yeah, she's a, hey girl. She's a fan of the cast. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. a fan of the cast. She watches. Yeah, so. Jess is great. Yeah, Jess we love great. her. We yep. love her here. Aww. So when you you did, were you living were you living down in Florida and you ended up training at the Team 3D Academy or did you move from DC down there specifically to train? Yeah, so I moved from DC specifically to train. Um, once I had kind of gotten my marching orders and I was like, all right, I'm done with my army service. I packed up everything and I had about two thousand dollars to my name. And I drove all the way down to Florida, and I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. I love it. And then three days later, I had no money, and I couldn't sign up for the, the school that I wanted to go to, which wasn't Team 3D originally anyway. So I was struck out for like a couple of months trying to figure myself out. I got a job, and one of the first couple of days, and they're like, uh, everybody introduce yourself, you know, tell us one fun fact about you. And the one girl said she was a wrestler, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> where are you training at and she says team 3d academy and i go no way bubba and do you want to have a school <laughs> she's like yeah i'll take you there and i was like no way oh wow so <laughs> you just... moved there not even intending to go to school there nope i was gonna go somewhere else that was actually more expensive anyway so it it really all worked out in such a hilarious way. I so, what, but did you head to Florida because that's where like NXT was and WWE, and that's kind of where the hub is? Yes, so, yeah. very yeah. much a wrestling hub. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. a lot of people will train elsewhere first and then migrate to Florida, but that was your first foray into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but here it shows that that kind of passion and desire Tenacity. is so rare. It, Tenacity. Like, yeah. kind of reminds me of like. The you Orlando know, Lita, Lita story Lita? going to Mexico. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just showed up and I want to be Figure a wrestler. It you know? Yeah. Like it, it has that kind of well, similar quality. I feel, I feel like that's part of Leo's journey too, where he yeah. just went down to the performance center and showed up and was like, I'm here. <laughs> but <laughs> even Leo, Leo and Patrick, when they were training here, I we found out they would like hitchhike up here <laughs> from like DC and they told me because they were young. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then we said, like, they'd get here really early, and I'd say, they were like, they told me, like, they hitchhike, and I was like, my God, you got, you know what I mean? Like, you don't see that a lot right. with a lot of, but you know what? Anybody that I've ever seen with that tenacity mm -hmm. always ends up making it. When you have that much of a desire to right. do it, that you're willing to just pack up and go and, you know, um, and not look back, and you I, usually end up making it really far. And I think it's, it's tied to this, like, strong connection to yourself and your confidence in yourself and knowing you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. There was there, there was the drive down, and I was like, oh, no. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. I was like, it's not too late. Once I get past South Carolina, I guess I got to stay. But yeah, I was, it was just, I don't know. I was a little on the prideful side mm -hmm. and um i just couldn't go back i couldn't go back home right. not yeah. i mean you know i'd made such a i was waiting tables at the time and i was like i am leaving i'm going to go be a wrestler 
I will be in Florida. I will see you later. You know, it was yeah. such a thing. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I can't come I back without. Too. I didn't go to Florida, but I left my waitressing job because I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. Yeah. And then after a while, I had to go get another re uh, restaurant yeah. job. So. <laughs> now you had another yeah. restaurant like, I'm going to go be a wrestler. I, I, I am a wrestler, but I'm also still a waitress. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah, that tenacity. Remember uh, John Licato slept outside of Bone Breakers when he moved out from Minnesota or wherever Orlando he was. Jordan. Yeah, just slept yeah. in their cars. Orlando, Orlando Jordan. You remember Orlando? I do know of Orlando. He was um he was He's, W he was U United States champion. He was with the JBL. The last person to wrestle mm -hmm. the Ultimate yeah. Warrior. Yeah, he was. He but was he's with from JBL. DMV area too. Wasn't yeah. he from Virginia? Or, or, yeah, or from Richmond. Richmond. He packed yeah. up and he and I didn't even realize it till like two weeks later. He came and he paid all his money and then I would he would always, at the time where I was running Bone Breakers and I'd show up like two hours early. And I'd always be like, hmm, Orlando's here. <laughs> and like, I didn't, if, and then like two weeks went by and I said, or it was, and at that time we were at Bone Breakers, we were open because I was like with Mickey James, Lito, yeah, that was yeah. that era when they yeah, were all yeah, training. Yeah. And I said, um, Orlando, like, I get here like two hours early. Like, you don't have to get here. Like, it's crazy. You get here so early. Are you that motivated? And he said, no, I'm sleeping. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, I, I'm sleeping. I'm like sleep in your car, and he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, you, "Where are you? You're living in your car?" And he's like, "And I knew he had got a wait a waitering job at TGI Fridays, right?" And I was like, "Well, you don't have any. How come you don't have anywhere to live?" And he said, "I gave you all my money." Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "You're like what?" Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, I was like, "Let me come on." I helped him out. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I but I was just like blown away. He Got, took all the money he had, signed up at our wrestling school, and lived in his car for a couple weeks. And you know, he saved up money and got some money together waiting tables and then got an apartment and got himself on his feet. But I was just like, I was blown away, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, he, he lived in the parking lot of Bone Breakers. For, well, sometimes for I find in life when you don't have a plan B, you don't have a way out, you, best, you prove your best results because it's like, listen, I'm tunnel visioned. I'm doing this. Yeah. And, and, also did, the, yeah. and the pride, too. Yeah. You don't want to go home like, well, I tried, but I'm back, you know. <laughs> All right, so you didn't live in your car, right, once you got to Florida? Well, you know, I did a small amount of okay. couch surfing, but <laughs> right. nothing, you know. No car sleeping. Okay. <laughs> well, it does happen, and we've we've seen it happen it several does. times. So you trained down at um, Team 3D. Mm -hmm. Was there anybody there that really took you under their wing and, you know, really was a, a role model and uh, helped you out? Yeah, I would say Jessica Carr. You know, okay. she had already, she was maybe at the school for like a, I feel like almost a year before I had even gotten there. But she was very, very kind. You know, and um, I was kind of in a class all by myself. And then a few months later, a group of people joined. So I was kind of just on an island. So she kind of <laughs> grabbed me by the hand, which was very, very kind of her. Mm -hmm. um, also, Serpentico, he was very, very kind. Um, just trying to help me navigate the indies at that early stage of my right. career, which is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, he just definitely, he worked with me he would wrestle me on shows he would try to get me paid you know a promoter you know stiffed me a little bit of money and he would go right over there and be like hey give her her stuff and i'm just yeah. like you know to have somebody go to bat for you like that and to be an yeah. advocate for you feels really nice so mm -hmm. they definitely helped me build my confidence for sure 
And it is a business just in general when you get going in it that's really difficult to kind of navigate. It really, really is. But those lessons learned. Jessica will be one of those people that go down in that category that no one ever had a bad word to say about her. Right. But, you know, she's an incredibly kind person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry if I, <clears throat> sorry if I'm ignorant. Our Serpentico, was, did they go by another name before the Serpentico time? Uh, is that Ophidian? John Cruz. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. For, mm -hmm. So we know him. Um, Los Pendejos. Yeah. Los Pendejos. Yeah, yeah, right on. Okay. I didn't know he was going by something yeah. else now. Mm -hmm. I had heard that, but I always get it confused because Ophidian Cobra is a, you know, serpent, you know, did mm -hmm. the serpent uh, oh, snake okay. mask and everything. But yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, Los Pendejos. Uh, yeah. Shout out yeah. to them. They were fun every time uh -huh. we had them come through for, yeah. you know, Shamrock Cups or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned, um, your time in the service. Yes. How long were you in the service? For eight years total. And you were she, you were in Afghanistan? Yes, in 2012. Got, how long were you there? For one year. That's uh, obviously uh, a lot of stuff, worldly uh, news happening. Absolutely. Yes. What's your opinion on that? Kind of. Uh, um, if if things can come to a peaceful resolution and as few lives are lost as possible, then I'm happy with that. Right. I think that's what everyone's actually yeah, saying, honestly, you know, like. Well, I mean, I kind of feel like that was what was sold to everybody for 20 years, you know, like, oh, yeah. we'll just stay a little longer and then it'll be a peaceful transition. And, you know, I think, you know, that just became evident that that wasn't probably going to happen. Would you have in suspected the way that, 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 that things thought. fell apart that quickly, like being over there? Um. I was going to say, well, my knee-jerk answer is yeah. Really? <laughs> my knee-jerk answer it is seem, yeah. It seems like a lot because I, 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 I was never in the military. I got a lot of respect in the military for the military. Um, but it seems like most people in the military have kind of had that reaction. Like, yeah, they're not surprised, people that served over there. Yeah, I, I think that some things get mishandled. Very important things that should not be mishandled things that you should take a step to stop and think about all avenues and they just get mishandled and then lives get lost and people get hurt and right. then mm -hmm. here we yeah go. scary it's scary watching all that it, it really was a lot to take in i kind of have to pick and choose which news uh that i even digest in this day and True. age because some of it is just so far leaning one way or the other and i'm like you're not really giving me the story you're just giving me some emotion to feed my you know you know rage right mm -hmm. and that's really not yeah. where you need to be that's not the headspace that you need to be in yeah that's and that's why with stuff like that i'll go to like independent news i don't go to like one of the major cable because they're always it's pit, whether it's fox or cnn it's pitching a narrative mm -hmm. you know it's biden's fault or it's trump's fault or I, that's why i went to like independent news and like the guy jocko that's a navy yeah. seal um that i listened to his take on it and everything and yeah like i went to just independent because I just thought, wow, was so just seeing those images um, was pretty crazy. Yeah. And like I kind of didn't follow any news or social media all weekend. I was busy doing other stuff. And then I Monday, um, a friend of mine messaged me and was like, did your did your friend get out of Qatar? And I was like, why? What's going on in the Middle East? And then I was like, oh, let's look at the news. And I went, holy crap. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. OK, that wasn't what I thought. Like, you know, I mean, because, you know, they had said 
pull out the troops. I mean, we've heard that for 20 years, literally. And then I was like, wait, what happened? And, you know, just literally, I took like a two day break. And then, you know, yeah, all of this. And I was like, I well, yeah, my God. friend's home. Thank goodness. But uh, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised by the swiftness, swiftness of it. Um, and I'm sure having been there, you know, it must yeah. be something to watch. Wow. Mm. Yeah, so well, are you out? You're now you're out of the military for good. Yes, no, you're out. Yes. So you didn't begin your wrestling career until after that phase of your life That's was right. over, right? Okay. Yeah, I um I joined right out of college. I went to college for a year. wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, started waiting tables again. One of my coworkers was like, "Hey, you want to join the military?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking?" I don't even know what that. I couldn't even understand what that even meant, you know. Right. But you know, you asked a couple more times, and then. Pretty soon, I was talking to a recruiter, and I'm like, "Oh my oh, gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they start selling you. They're like, we'll give they you a twenty thousand dollar bonus. We're gonna, you know, give you some help with your college tuition." Mm -hmm. And I heard that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, uh -huh. and, yeah." You know. I almost did it as well. I was, um, my my mom and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, I had met with a recruiter in high school as well. He was selling me on it, had me take the ASVAB test. I scored great, apparently, and qualified yeah. for, like, every job. So they're like, <laughs> they really want you then. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to join the Air Force. <laughs> you know? mm. And my mom's like, what? Like, where did that come from? And uh, it was, I, I graduated high school when the Gulf War started. And, yeah. you know, it was just a brief war, but that was enough for me. I was like, oh, this was cool till I thought there was an actual war. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, you know, we had been peaceful for, like, you know, <laughs> 30 years at this point or whatever. So I was like, yeah. oh, sure, I'll join the Air Force because, like you said, they sell you on it, you know? Like, And I felt really special because they're like, oh, you you scored really high on this, you know? And then it's like <laughs> they make you feel super important, you know? And I hated school, so I was, unless it was art class or English class, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they do. They get you and they hook you. And, yeah. and then I was a big chicken, and I was like, oh, I don't actually want to, like, go to war. Like, <laughs> I have lots of respect for people who are out there doing that, but, like, I'm not that <laughs> And so I, I bailed out of it. But yeah, I remember that the recruiter conversations very, very vividly. <laughs> and the only branch for me would be the Navy, where you can join mm. your fellow man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> the Navy. <laughs> I just said that in my head. I was literally like, in the Navy. I didn't want to say no, no, it. No. I, I'm like you, Tara. I was too afraid. I was too afraid to actually like you know of a conflict actually did break out right. just like with wrestling i was a, i was actually too afraid to learn like to get myself in shape so i was like you know i just want to help out with something you know i don't really want to take I bumps you know? i remember that though at bone yeah. breakers that everybody trying to get you into the ring to take bumps like i remember this yep yeah well that was like, no, because we saw like i remember seeing you know well that's i i i talked you into stuff you just had that natural charisma you know, and you were like, you know, like back then and you didn't want to do any. And I'm like, dude, then when you started announcing, well, you remember me talking to you when you started announcing and you did. Was it that you did now, Carter? She had just passed away. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I can't remember what, but I remember, like, you did something and it, the I, people I, responded. Yeah, at intermission. Like, I sang, and I I was sang the like, theme song. I mean, sometimes, man, you just had that gift to make people react. And I was like. Dude, you got to do this because, like, you have a charisma. You're making people react. But if you're going to get heat, there's eventually got to be a payoff. There's got to be some come up, which is when I learned that. Yeah, you know I mean? so you got to, we can get you heat, but I can't just have you 
I can't have you crap on the people always. Always, you gotta yeah. eventually. Yeah, give them. yeah. You gotta eventually give them something. So you gotta do this, like you know what I mean. And then, but I, I think you kind of you eased up on it when you started. You kind of got the bite when you started think, getting heat and reacting. Yeah. I think you know? RJ, RJ's yeah. really the one who kind of like was like, "Come on, kid, let's get in here and roll mm-hmm. around," you know, and like. Then that's what it was, and I was I mean, like, you know, we had we had Brent in there, mm-hmm. Ty in yeah. there. I mean, like, <laughs> you just you exposed your you exposed your natural charisma. That if you wouldn't have done it, you would have just stayed as a back backstage, backstage guy. guy. Yeah, he'd yeah. Have been heat sealing those. Yeah, up. you'd have been sealing yeah. all those stuff. But <laughs> all you, the merch. letters forever. Yeah, I remember that. I remember like, holy crap, man! He this guy's got charisma. Like Larry's got some charisma. So you I kind of fell into the you military into of wrestling, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was I I'm, I I was like you. Um, so, well, I wanted to ask you. So when you started training at Team 3D, like we've talked before on the show about just how tough training is. Did your army experience prepare you for the type of training? Like I know when I started training, it felt like like what I imagined boot camp to feel like. It's yeah. it's a kinder, gentler version now, but 20 years ago it wasn't. So was that your experience as well? Yeah, um, I think that mentally and like emotionally, that's definitely helped. So, <clears throat> with the uh, with the whole like them yelling and like the the make sure you can do it again, and sometimes you can kind of get in your your own head when you're training, and you know, there's there's two Hall of Famers, and you know, Bubba has this presence that would just take up an entire room, you know, and you just try not to get so swallowed up in that as a trainee and Mm -hmm. you're trying to do everything right and you're just kind of freezed up you know a little bit so being mentally tough has just kind of helped me not have that shake me too much Mm -hmm. I was very happy to have that um so that was kind of the biggest it, it was such a I was I was very surprised at how like much emotional and mental and like psychological things were aside from physically I mean the physical training was pretty rough too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty rough too. But I felt mm-hmm. prepared at least emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I mean, we always say you have to have really thick skin to survive yes. this business. Yes. So it would seem that your military experience probably prepped you for a little bit of that thick skin. Yes, you know. Good. All right. Well, we're going to take one more quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some other um, things that you've done in your career. I want to talk about that shirt you're wearing. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. (laughs) All right. So stay with us. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about at the time of this, um, we're currently in the midst of the, the Woman of Honor, the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship Tournament. You're in it. Yes, yes, I'm in it. It's it's just a, a new revamp, um, and I'm very, very excited to be a part of this. Uh, it means a lot to me to, to be able to be a part of this tournament specifically. Um, around the time where I was really starting to figure out who I am as a performer, you know, I would watch, like, a lot of the Ring of Honor, you know, talent. I would watch Samoa Joe. I'd watch Brian Danielson and Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, and just try to soak in as much of that as I could and that was where I was like learning about how to work body parts and how to like you know just work crowds and how to feed off of that energy it's just such raw energy watching their product and so to be able to be a part of their family you know they consider me family it's 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 interesting I never thought that something like this would be possible very wonderful to be a part of this tournament with such lovely women as well like i'm across from holiday and nicole savoy just trailblazers excuse me trailblazers in our community so 
Well, not only that, to be um, kind of welcomed as a part of that fold, you know, that somebody had to recruit you to be like, hey, you know, if we're calling together some of the most, you know, best women out there. Trisha Dora's name's on that list. Somebody right. get her, you know, as a part of this. And that adds overall prestige to the entire, you know, thing that's brought us all together. So I think it's a, it's an awesome thing as well. And is the Ring of Honor Dojo being invited to that? Is that what brought you back from Florida to move back yes. to D.C.? Is that yes. Kind of um, they had a seminar. And I had 300 bucks left, right? So it's either I can get, <laughs> and funny enough, my account was like $250 in the negatives. So I'm like, all right, what am I doing with this 300? Do we, you know, get our account back right? Or do we run off one more time just to do this one quick thing? <laughs> run off one and more so, time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the choice was easy, I'll right? I'll pay that some other day, you know. Yeah. Hey, it's not going to go anywhere. It, you know, later, another time. So <laughs> yeah. um, I done the, the seminar, and they were like, all right, yeah, we invite you back. And I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so and you were I, still living in Florida. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I went back okay. to Florida, and I was like, all right, see y'all. It's Pack been it great. Up, right. All right, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> Going home. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So very, very happy to have. And, and funny enough, too, that happened at such an interesting time in my life. I was going through such a, a funny transition with just how I was feeling about just me in general and just being on the Indies in Florida, which was such a man. Florida Indies are they have they have a reputation. I'll say that. And I'm, I'm thankful to make it out relatively unscathed. Honestly, it's a so. wild west. It feels like that. So that's one of, from a promoting standpoint and talking indies, that's the unfortunate result of not having an athletic commission. I think. Mm. I think. I believe. Um, it's one thing over the years I used to be, I used to hate the Maryland State Athletic Commission, but now I, I appreciate it for that. I appreciate, I, I, I appreciate and understand as an older, more experienced um, wrestling promoter that the the good in it is that they prevent anybody from just opening up um, a wrestling promotion and renting the local fire hall and just having like the wild west. Yeah. You know, so I think it, I think it's checks and balances um, with, with states with athletic commissions and like New Jersey's another, like a state that was kind of deregulated and doesn't have them. But I think that's, that's kind of one of the downfalls because you hear about like a lot of states like that, that are just wild west. There's no, New Jersey doesn't have one? No, they deregulated. Oh, Just remember, okay. that was like big that's, news. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember they must have had one because I was licensed as a referee in New Jersey of all places. <laughs> remember like the After headbangers did surgery. something with the governor okay. of New Jersey when yeah, they deregulated it. was a Whitman. big thing. Yeah. All right, now yeah. I'm When they actually officially deregulated it okay. as, a, as a sport or and I mean, stopped yeah, acknowledging you know, The majority of my blood, blood and guts and glass yes, and stuff happens yes. in New Jersey. Right. I've been known. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so. I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great call out though, Dan. Well, without a state athletic commission to regulate, then regulate, you know the, you know, the inmates can kind of run wild, and it can appear to it feel like the wild wild. I've, I've had my frustrations with them over the years. Obviously, we talked a lot <laughs> through the pandemic of yeah. like the really big frustrations I have. I felt like we should have been up and running three or four months before we were, and the athletic commission was ultimately the one making the final decision, which held us back. But I, I, w I would still, even after all that, I would still rather have them than not have them. Because I think the same thing could happen here where we are, based in the state right. of Maryland, where, you know, if we didn't have them, then anybody that wanted to get a ring and, you right. know, call up a fire hall or, a, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and, and rent a building, and then it just kind of 
you know, um, I don't know. You just, it, well, it one, ends up hurting. One thing they've come around on is their tolerance of intergender wrestling, which for yeah. years mm. was just a huge no-no. We can't do that. Or I, And I remember being in some intergender matches a long time ago, and, um, you know, we always had to be mindful that only the females were in the ring together and only the males were in the ring at the same time together. You could do a spot here and there, but you couldn't tag in the male, and you know what I mean? Like the, so, to, so to get yeah. down to the nitty-gritty of that, too, which is what I, you know, being a wrestling promoter for 20-some years and in the business 30, the reason that is is because when those, they would always they always go back to the rule books, but the rule books are archa archaic, right. yeah. you know? So I'd always have, I mean, the, the amount of meetings over the last 30 years that I've had with the, with the um, Maryland Athletic Commission, or I, I can't even, I don't even know. But I would say those rules were written back when the K, they even kayfabe the athletic commissioners. Yeah. That's when those <laughs> rules were written. So those rules were so archaic that they were written at a time that, Everyone in the business, even if it was NWA, they they kayfabe the commissioners. They tried to make the commissioners believe it was real. So the heels and the baby faces came into the Baltimore arena separately and they stayed in separate locker rooms. So that's when those times, because in those same rulings and those same books, I would always say when they'd say, well, this rule and that rule. And I'm, I said, yeah, but. That rule also says, like, anyone even touches a referee, it's a year suspension of their license. And do you know how many, well, times? How many times have referees gotten bumped, right, <laughs> on, a, on a pro wrestling show in Maryland? Right. The, the other rule is that you, if you jump off, the, um, if you even go to the second rope and jump off on another wrestler, it's like a $1,000 fine. So, like, then everybody should be getting fined $1,000 right. in every right. match. So, like... But they would pick and choose the selective, rule, and that's right. selective yeah. enforcement of rules. And uh -huh. I would always use that terminology with them and say, "That's like you guys got to understand. All of these rules are archaic because they were written in the fifties when the commissioners at the time probably weren't even sure if it was a shoot or not. Yeah, they right. thought so it was like right, it's yeah. time to it's time to like rewrite a little bit, yeah, and, and yeah. rewrite all the rules yeah. for professional yeah. wrestling, knowing what we all know now." You know, right. so yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about now, that rule book. Do you find that in other states too? Like you've had several intergender matches, so do you find that that's something that is a barrier in other states as well, or are promoters not willing to do that necessarily? Or, well, um, there are there are a few places that I know for sure. Um, they, they either don't book women or they don't book any intergender, you know. So it's very much like, oh, hey, Trish, yeah, we, we have a show, but we don't we don't have anything for you. I'm like, all right, no problem, you know. So, I mean, I just kind of keep, keep it moving. There's so many places to work. I can't – I'm not going to slow down for somebody that doesn't really understand what I'm trying to do, you know. So, um, I don't know. I find that in D.C. and Maryland, the places where I've had licenses, they've been pretty – chill mm -hmm. overall about like intergender or not so that's good yeah as of a couple years ago probably right around the time you started um even before like that's what we're talking about yeah. like they wouldn't even consider it like they <laughs> no. wouldn't even let me they i would have I to a, beg to have a spot I'd, and if i do really? a girl like a even a girl valet and doing yeah. like a little spot get involved i'd be getting my butt ringed out they'd yeah, be pulling me crazy. aside and like you had that girl touch that guy and it's like come on i mean even with you me know? as the announcer sometimes yeah. lou levy would be like did you take a bump 
Yeah. Did you now take wait, a punch? Uh, yeah. I've yeah. been spanked a lot on shows for you <laughs> through the years. Yeah, yeah you have. <laughs> and then, and then wait that, a minute. How and then that, that was okay? Then that incident <laughs> happened with Renee. And then, well, then that incident happened with Renee. Michelle, remember? You, do you remember that? We talked oh, about oh, it when she oh, did the yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. It um, was like she was just in the business. Yeah, and she was. And I, she had a thong on. I Christian think York bitty, bitty spon- for that. He spontaneously did a spanking spot. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. She was like her. She had, didn't even wasn't right. even a fan of wrestling. She had on this very thin thong, so she ends up getting spanked. Her skirt comes up, and it appears that she's not wearing right. any underwear. That's what it was. Because it was yeah. like a string. Because it was like, a string yeah. that had disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the commission freaking lost it on me. You got a naked one. They thought I had a naked. Yeah, you know they had. A, they thought I had like I was doing nudity, right. and yeah. it wasn't. For the kids. You know, they, <laughs> Shorts under yeah. your dress, the yeah. little boy shorts. Always, yeah. I always have them in my bag. But yeah, so yeah. well, that, we have come a long way uh, in the state of Maryland and in the the nation as a whole. So, do you have like a list in your mind of what other promotions that you want to work for? Because you are still pretty new in the business. Like, um, I know some people. I, it was Leo, right, who had like the board of twenty five places that he yep. wanted to work, yeah. and he would just wipe them off as Goal he setting. got there. Goal yeah. Setting, yeah. Do, you, do you have something similar? Like, wh- who's next on your list of targets? Well, so yeah, I have like a revolving list. There's like a there's an opponent list. There's a promotion list. There's a a place that I would want to go like I'm very much into going back to the UK Um, I want to go back to Japan as well before the pandemic I was supposed to debut in Canada for C4 but everything everything got turned around (laughs) yeah so have you wrestled in Japan I have yes I wrestled at Currican Hall did you really yeah that's awesome but like look at that your trajectory (laughs) is um I want to go back to Japan and where was the other place you the UK the UK and then comes Canada most people most (laughs) US based wrestlers Mm -hmm. get to Mexico and Canada because they're right right Right. on top (laughs) but you're you're like I I was almost in Canada after doing Japan and the UK that's kind of I know like I was kind of thinking the same thing like you to Japan Currican Hall yeah Canada's still on your list okay um (laughs) what about like domestically any place nearby like any hmm where do you want to find yourself let's see i like personally setting my goal super high and being extremely ambitious Mm -hmm. i like whenever i say something people go oh you want that i'm like yep i want that just because (laughs) you made that face that's Mm -hmm. exactly what i want so um yeah to work for like pwg and to debut and like to break barriers and those kinds of companies you, you know will definitely be wrestling for pwg before long because pwg is all about that kind of shock of the top indie people that you see all over the place and it's almost like it's like your last stamp of approval like oh this person's about to you know really take off to the, right. to the stratosphere leo i remember leo and keith lee both came to pwg around the same time before they went on mm-hmm. uh, i just saw myron reed and a few others just de- debuted chris dickinson debuted over there so they're up and running again again yeah pwg yeah, they've but... been up for a little while because california was really one of the strictest lockdown Still is to my right. It still is. So so they're allowing. They are doing. Are they? Are they? And it was crowds. Yeah, it was a crowd. Gresham was over there. Uh, Lee Moriarty, who we're going to talk about uh, shortly, just made his debut there. So I have no doubts. uh, Just seeing others that have kind of been on that 
you know, trajectory that you're on right now and then kind of go to the PWG and do their deal. So I, I'm sure there'll be a mystery vortex or, a te- you know, you know, one of their yeah. staple shows <laughs> that you're, you're a part of. Uh, but I want to talk about another staple show that you were a part of, and that's the one that's displayed on your shirt right now, IWTV 100. Yes. Uh a huge deal for, again, we talk about Fight TV as a streaming service, IWTV as a streaming service, but this was IWTV's, what was it, 100th? 100th episode. 100th episode of, of original content on the streaming platform, and they had an amazing just main event. I mean, I actually don't even know about much else that happened on the show, but I do know that main event poster and we talk about like the Hogan and Slaughter, Hogan and Andre. Tell us about that main event that you were a part of at IWTV 100, the participants and, and how it went down. Yeah, so me and Lee Moriarty tagged up to face Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. And it was so cool. <laughs> so that, that, that's like two AEW, two AEW yeah. stars that uh, I don't want to say were loaned out by Tony Khan, but... Obviously, they're contractually obligated to the All Elite Wrestling division, and here they are appearing on IWTV 100 against you and Lee Moriarty in the main event. Yes, so um, they were former champions as well. So and so was Lee. So I was the only person in the match that was not a former champion. Um, but we're working on that. <laughs> but um, it was really cool to be to be a part of that and just in that atmosphere and in that world. Um, IWTV has been very instrumental in my growth, you know, being able to have my matches, my content somewhere, you know, um, I just uh, finished up a, the Life Of episode. Oh, those are awesome on yeah. IWTV. Fans, so, if you don't know IWTV, subscribe. It's uh, yeah. You can do a free trial, but you can you can watch mm-hmm. all type of pro wrestling content, including that, the Life Of. So Yes, and then use code AFROPUNK. If you're new to IWTV, use code AFROPUNK, please. But um, yes, to be a part of that was like really, really cool. Um, I, I tried really hard not to just get swallowed up in that moment too, because I'm looking across and I see Chris Statlander and I saw all that she was able to do over the years and just trailblazing in every company she's been in. Just tough as nails and just such a class act too. So to stand across from her and, you know, at the end, you know, to, to feel that handshake from her, I was like, all right, cool. All right. You know, so it was it was a feather in the cap, so to speak, for me. I feel very good about it. Overall. Four class acts, if you ask me. I'm just getting to kind of get to know Lee Moriarty. I've only mm-hmm. had the pleasure of announcing him once. I've actually never announced you, and you were definitely on my list. I just got to talk to Jerry or somebody from right. IWTV land to get hooked up with you. Uh, but just four class acts, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chris Statlander, Trisha Dora, and, and Lee Moriarty, and I highly recommend the match. I only got to catch the end of it. I'm always catching the end of things uh, when they're live, and then you got to wait for it to be re-uploaded. But yeah, that was a that was a huge deal uh, in the internet wrestling community, in the wrestling mm-hmm. community, to have that caliber of a match on a streamed platform, which is the future. If you if you ask me, TV's gonna go the way of the dodo eventually. We're just gonna be streaming, you know. So I've had cable in years. Roku is my best friend, you know? Yeah. Roku. If I I can't make it automatically appear on my TV, I'm not watching it. (laughs) Right. That's facts. My mom recently moved in with me and she's like, Where is the cable remote? I'm like, Oh, we don't have that here. And she's like, What do you mean? And I'm like, No, it's just, it's all in the the TV, mom. And she's like, Well, how do I watch it? No, mom. Just, it's, (laughs) we're working on that, you know? (laughs) And that's the way it's going to be with wrestling. Yeah. Uh, You know, in general, I, I, I haven't. 
I haven't cut cable yet, but I don't watch it. They make it easy right. to cut it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't, because I don't... they keep charging you so much for yeah. it. That made right. it really yeah. easy <laughs> to cut it. But all right, so you, we've got your wish list of companies you want to work for. Who would you who opponents? Who would you Ooh, like to great have as your opponents? First is Sumi Sakai. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's up first. Um, I trained with Legend. her a little bit at the uh, Worldwide Dojo, and I'm just in awe of everything that she does. I think that she is just so kind and so giving. And, well, I don't want to word it like this, but I feel like um, in wrestling, there's the amount of people that are extremely kind and good people, and they're also amazing individuals in the ring. And, you know, just the, the ratio of, you know, that is sometimes a little off. And more often than not, I've found that, you know, she's an ally, you know, and she supports me and that that feels good. And I'd be happy to punch her in the face. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you, I love that. I'll tell you one thing, Simi, because of all of her experience, she actually and I don't mean this in the terms of like she'll she'll hurt you, but she's a dangerous wrestler. Yes. I have seen her uh in some really uh MMA style battles, you know, uh real kind of like on the ground grappling. Um, and I've seen her inflict a lot of damage over the years, at whether it be JPW or wherever. Um, so I would yeah. be down to see that clash, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else on your list? Let's see. Um, you know what? Funny enough, last year for Black Label Pro, um, I was supposed to wrestle Jonathan Gresham. Oh, that would be good. And, and the show didn't happen. The show did not happen. And um, they had run up since... Um, what I mean to say is they had start running shows again since and um, just hadn't got around to that. But that would be a really, really interesting match for me. I watched a lot of I've watched hundreds of Jonathan Gresham, Gresham matches, just trying to wrap my mind around like wrestling and what happens in the ring and how it makes sense. So he's one of the best out there right mm -hmm. now. Um and if I I said at the Tony Deppin match the way that he was stretching you know you and that was like very painful for me to watch sometimes I don't know if I could take a Jonathan Gresham Trisha Dora match because I would be I I would have to cover my eyes you know and some of the yeah. what he can do to the human body is just uh, out of this world and that real British grappling style that he's kind of mastered I would love to see you two tangle Have you ever fought Kimberly? I have. Okay. I have, yes. We wrestled at the uh, GSW Pro um, show, uh, Global Syndicate. It was up in New Jersey maybe about a month and a half ago. Okay, okay. It's, uh, it was in a women's tournament, actually. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to track that one down on one of the streaming platforms. She's with or... Impact now, isn't she? She's with Impact now, yeah, her mm -hmm. and a few others. She's former MCW women's champion. That's right, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was great. And have you ever fought Lee? Uh, Lee Moriarty, yeah. yes. Okay. Actually, yes, that was for Battle Cl Club Pro this year, too. There have been some really cool matches that I've been able to have. You know, I ended up tagging with Jazz. We were originally supposed to have a singles match, but we um we ended up tagging. She's um on her way out, having her little yeah, retirement farewell tour. tour. Yeah, but so. that never... That sometimes is a farewell. Isn't Jazz running her own promotion, too? Is she doing um, her own promotion? I believe so. And I know she's also working, I believe, with Mission Pro as well. So maybe Texas. that's what I heard. But that's that's um Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Rosa as well. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's what I heard. Like she's working. Yeah. I believe yeah. she had a couple of sem seminars as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's something else too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, hold on. I, I, I want to ask uh, real quick. Um, I just got back from Texas. 
Um, and we had a uh, intergender match that kind of main evented the ICW event. ICW being the chains, the wrestling that happens within the chains. Yes. All hardcore, all deathmatch style. Your thoughts on uh, La Reina Extrema Sadika? You you know of this competitor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's crazy. Stan, I've never seen anything like this. This woman, she's uh, a luchadora. Phenomenal. Uh, from, she's really she's really great. She um, fights for real. Once the bell rings, she starts really wailing on, especially if it's a man that she's fighting. And I guess that what I can now glean after announcing two of her main event matches, she comes out with the Mexican flag. She is not going to have her country disrespected, um, especially, I think, when it's against man by having her get beat down. So yes. she beats the ever-living piss out of whoever she's across the ring from to the point that the her opponent this past, you know, when we were in San Antonio was so frustrated uh, because he couldn't keep her down. And essentially she was kind of embarrassing him to the point that he had to really start wailing on her. Like, what? I'll, I'll show you. I'll, yeah, I'll share some that. of this with you at IWTV, no holds barred 17 from San Antonio, Texas. Made of it was the Duke of hardcore John Wayne Murdoch. Mm -hmm. IWTV 2020 Wrestler of the Year. I would think that you're probably up there with the contendership for 2021 <laughs> after the year you've had. Uh, but he fought Sadika from uh, Zona 23 in Mexico, and she just it, the match just totally went off the rails. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> so what would you do? Because I'm thinking to myself as Does I'm watching her. Does she wrestle women like this too? Does she do that when she wrestles women, or is it only when she's in an intergender match? I feel like I don't notice. I mean, I think it's all like balls to the wall i think that um when very she stiff and all when that, she wrestles women women often leave uh, really she, she fought, are you serious so she fought kimberly at one of the uh previous icw events and the match didn't go for much long before kim was like i'm over it that's it you guys can have this I'm not she split yep left the cage left it and crowd started booing but kim was like it's not worth it Oof, this is not wow. not worth it Really? And and the visible frustration out of John Wayne Murdoch when he was trying to, like, you know, we all understand wrestling. Mm -hmm. we She's all just understand. not doing business. She's just not doing business, just not selling anything. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, well, I'll show you some yeah, footage, man. Yeah, I'll show you some footage. But I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah. We're going to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. As a promoter, our... I can't imagine wanting to book that. So right. the promoter was, like, as they were doing the Memphis brawl part, just right. There's no, it seems like there's no upside. It seems like a liability. A major really? liability. She tears buildings up. Wow. Breaks All chairs. Right. Yeah, okay. All right, we're going to take our last break. Big time and then we're going to come back for our weekly yeah. wrap-up, and you're going to show us some of these clips. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we are back here, uh, MCW cast. In studio with our guest, Pan-African World Champion, Diaspora World Champion, Trisha Dora. It's always a mouthful to say the name of that title, you know? Um, <laughs> I just let you do it. I'm yeah. like, man, that is a mouthful. It really is. Um, but it, it, it rings, and that's why I'm so glad that that, that championship even mm -hmm. exists and that we have the world champion in studio with us tonight. I yeah. forgot to ask earlier, will you be defending that championship anytime soon that fans could check that out um let's see this weekend i am not there will be a couple of defenses in september there's going to be one later on in the month i'm supposed to be debuting for southern honor okay. um later on in september 
So, so real quick, and I know we're almost at the end where we're going to wrap it up. Who is the governing body uh, that sanctions the matches for that world championship? I mean, is it just like any company approaches you like, hey, we want you to defend the belt or do your championship commitments go through like a governing body that kind of gives you the yay or nay? Like, yes, you can go to the UK and defend that against Suge or you can defend it in the Midwest against Jonathan Gresham or how's that, how's that work if you don't mind revealing or? Yeah, no. Um, So I'm pretty much in charge of all of like my own like booking and trying to like get everything situated i didn't realize how much of a chore that was until i actually got a piece of paper and started to like map <laughs> everything out and i'm like oh i get down to the bottom i'm like okay and you turn it over you get down to the bottom and you're like oh so it's a lot of work involved but it's me reaching out to companies companies reaching out to me or excuse me promotions rather <laughs> you need an agent I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Personal agency, yeah. yeah real. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um, I guess goings on in the world, the wild and woolly world of, of independent pro wrestling, um, you just mentioned uh, was about Trish and, you know, where she's going to be. Southern Honor, you said, is your next uh Yes. Um, that's later on in the month of September, rather. Uh, later on this month, I will be at the 2300 Arena for sorry the 2300 arena for day two of the ring of honor shows so that's, that's, that. that's glory by mm -hmm. honor weekend isn't it yeah right. are these yeah. our first tapings tv tapings with fans since everything was locked down i believe so yeah there, right yeah there there was one before they had one at the umbc event center. Yeah, okay. yeah the best they, in the world and, they and the tapings there. that the fans yeah. there but they're back on but road back yeah running back up with fans Good. and that that leads us to us in september because we right. got something going on in September, uh, mm -hmm. the Bruiser Bruiser Strong. Yeah, the yeah. Bruiser Strong Memorial Show. Finally paying tribute. That's right. That right. Properly, properly, properly. Yeah, publicly, our, publicly, publicly and, and properly, properly with our with our fans, our with guests. RJ's fans, and right. um, yeah, we want to see everyone in the building. September seventeenth mm -hmm. is when it's going down. Yeah, mcwprowrestling.com for details on yep. that show. You can um, buy your tickets there online, or you can also buy them at our authorized ticket outlet at hideaway collectibles on hollowbird avenue in lovely dundalk not only can you buy tickets to all of our upcoming shows including september 17th but that is the the destination for all of your funko pops and uh wwe collectibles AEW. they've got those hard to find uh aew action figures in there lots of really cool stuff and memorabilia so check it out they also do online ordering so that's hideawaycollectibles.com and there you go. <laughs> yeah, just a quick tip about all those AEW figures that are coming out. If you guys want to get the most collectible ones, it's going to be the every brandy, every brandy out of the series. They're going to be the rarest and most collectible ones. Really? Is that intentional? I I believe I'm just predicting this. Call me prognosticator okay. or prognostication. I believe that um it's going to be a rare kind of in the rarity of like, you know, Brandy, former Eden, mm -hmm. WWE refer mm -hmm. uh, ring announcer, you know, gone on to be one of the executives of the company. Mm -hmm. And here's her figure throughout each series that comes okay. out. So grab those Brandy figures, y'all. I would say that that's going to be the one. And All real right. quick shout out to AEW. You mentioned them allowing to be in that main event with Trish. Oh, sure. Yeah. From a wrestling promoter, what AEW is doing is just great for great business. Great for professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. As a promoter, they've allowed me um and mcw um and they continue to allow us to to basically use talent if we want they're yeah. very open-minded about 
Um, and that's good for the business. They're turning people into television stars and then allowing them to kind of appear on independent shows to help independent shows draw. It's um, it, it, it feeds and helps the business as a whole. Right. Unfortunately, WWE years ago stopped allowing that. Um, but what AEW is doing is um, I really appreciate as a promoter and respect what Tony Khan and AEW are allowing that to happen because it helps the industry as a whole. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Ric Flair, Triple A Mania was there. Um, I remember right. seeing that after being released like a week ago. Also, here's a newsworthy thing. How about 71-year-old Jerry the King Lawler fighting Enzo in a casket match? When's that happening? <laughs> it already happened. Oh, it did? Yeah. that? Wow. I mean, we know the King very well. Is he he's 71 now? 71. Wow. And still he doesn't out. look like he's changed in 25 That's years. That's true. A great guy, a great guy mm-hmm. to work and do business mm-hmm. with. We had a, a, you know, we did ma- many times. Th- many times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he beat the Bruiser, he, right, lost, right. lost the title back to the Bruiser. Yeah, right. and two great matches. Yeah, you know? they were like back to back weekends. I can't believe right? he's seventy one. Yeah, seventy one. Yeah. Yeah. And a heart attack survivor. A heart attack survivor. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, okay. But I just think that things shout like out that, to the King. Yeah, dream match, a casket match. A lot of all the things. Like what? Like I was that. Oh God, you're. I just so many things, show. but it it happened, and I think that it's newsworthy, noteworthy. So I wanted yeah. to shout it out on the cast. Well, very wow. good. Yep, and I also want to shout out our special guest, Trisha Dora, for yeah. joining us. This Thank week. you so much Thank for coming you. in studio. Thank you. For Do you have any, uh, How can fans follow you? You want to throw out your yes. handles there, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trish Adora two zero two. I also have a Facebook uh, athlete page around the way girl. And I usually update that two to three times a week with all like my upcoming posters and things like that. So very good. You have a bevy of them that you're accumulating and I can see even more uh, in the horizon for your future (laughs) posters featuring you. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode for Dan McEvitt, MCW longtime promoter and the heart of MCW Tara. I'm Larry Legend. We'll see you next Tuesday right here for another edition of the MCW cast.